This was a particularly fun episode for me to record for three reasons. One, it was in person, which I like. Two, it's about a part of the industry I don't know that much about, which I'm sure you can tell. And three, I got to visit another factory and you all know I love a good factory tour. I talked to Forrest Knight from Isotech about the company's Acrylabond product. You're going to have to listen to get all the details, but what is so timely about doing this episode now is here is a product that touches so many of the things we've been talking about as an industry over the last however many years, trying to find more labor, factory automation, and being more green as an industry. Here is a product that, well, hear me, it definitely does not fix nor does Isotech market it as fixing these problems as some kind of panacea. But here's a product that can potentially help in all or some of these areas. That to me is fascinating. And one of the main reasons why I love learning about manufacturing and visiting plants, sometimes the smallest change can make a huge difference. So with that, here's Forrest and I chatting in Georgia. This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot tip industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. This episode is brought to you by Strong Spas. Welcome to the Spa Retailer Podcast. We have an in-person podcast today, which is really exciting. I am sitting, actually, it's sitting in front of Forrest Knight, president of Isotech International here in Canton. Canton, Georgia. Canton, Georgia. So thank you for letting me do this in person for a change. Thank you for coming. Yeah, so Forrest has given me a... Um, a tour of the of the plant and showed me how they they make everything and mix everything and so I mean if you listen to the podcast you know I'm kind of a manufacturing nerd and I love seeing that kind of stuff so that was great and now I think I'm ready to talk about Acrylabond. Sure. Yeah. Yep. But first off, of course, let's learn a little bit more about you, Forrest. So, did have you always lived in Georgia? Did you grow up here? What's your story? No, story? I grew up in Houston and okay. moved the company here in 1989. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. Who started Isotech then? My father started Isotech in 1984 or 82, I can't remember, in Houston, Texas. And then we moved here in 1989. Okay. So did you graduate from high school in Georgia and all of that? Or I, that... No. I, I was the, the end of my junior year in high school was here and my senior year was here. So my father's story is we had a big contract with Georgia Pacific to toll blend urethane for them. Okay. Right. And Georgia Pacific, of course, is here and all their plants are around here. My mother, I remember this very specifically. My mother sat us down because she's from Atlanta. Her family's in Atlanta. She goes, I'm going back to Atlanta. You guys can come if you want to. <laughs> and so, she was tired and of so Houston. Magically, my father found this property and we moved here. <laughs> Funny how that works. She, she was done. After 17 years, she was done with Houston. I mean, I don't blame her. It's it's much greener here, for sure. It, it was a lot different. It was a change. Everything in Houston is flat and straight. Right. And here is, you're right. It's, it's much greener. Lots of uh, topographical differences, hills. And the weather's a lot better here. 
for sure. Houston is is so humid. Yeah, and very like the heat is oppressive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and well, and of course, if you have family here, then it just definitely yes makes sense. My mom wanted to get back to her family. Yeah, for sure. Okay, all right. Well, that's interesting. That, but also picking up and moving a company is no small task either. Correct. So I mean, that had to have been. A pretty big undertaking. It was a huge undertaking for my father. I was I wasn't helping. I was seventeen. Sure. Right. I was still worried about school and whatnot, and he did it all himself. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had he had you know he had uh, plant managers and stuff like that. He moved sure. here and, and uh, people to put the plant together, but it was definitely a task. And we ran both plants for a little while and then shut the Houston plant down completely. Okay. Well, so explain to our audience what Isotech does. What is it that you guys actually make here? Okay. We manufacture polyurethanes, right? And those are foams, coatings, adhesives, elastomers, and sealants. We started off in roofing foam. Now, insulation foam, I'm sure you've seen insulation foam nowadays, sprayed in houses and whatnot. Right. Uh, we started in roofing foam in Houston, and then we did a little bit of toll work. I think we did a little bit of flexible foam. And then when we moved here, we got into coatings, adhesives, and elastomers. And so our markets range from taxidermy foam, right, all the way to aerospace. Anything in between. Shoe adhesives. We do um, tank and pipe coatings. We do, like I said, athletic fields. We do the running track coatings. And we do glue for artificial turf. And then we do, of course, a curl bond. I mean, do you get to go to any cool stadiums and, and help them or, you know, watch them put down the... Uh, <laughs> the I turf? have, actually. Oh, you have? I have been to stadiums. <laughs> there was one specifically in Austin, Texas I went to uh, that I remember. I've been to a lot of schools where they put the... Uh, where we did a lot of work in the old days with running tracks. Sure. One of our high-performance coatings was actually put in the Braves Stadium in the dugouts. So, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't get to see that. I, I found out secondhand. My, one of my coding sales managers said, oh, by the way, we put this stuff in the Brave Stadium. And I was like, I, I live a mile away from the Brave Stadium. Why didn't you tell me? Right. right? Yeah. yeah. It was, that was your chance. Yeah, it was my to chance get to go the get dugout. in the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> there should be some perks to this, You right? would think, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so then how did you guys end up doing things for the, the, the hot tub industry? How did that get started? We had a customer called Crane Plumbing in Dallas. And we sold them. They made uh, steel tubs and sinks and they also made acrylic bathtubs and so we sold them a sound deadening foam for their steel tubs we sold them a glue for their sinks and the guy that was doing the acrylic said you know i'm tired of rolling right i'm trying to roll in glass do you guys have a urethane alternative Mm -hmm. and this was back in the mid 90s and we tried and tried and tried and you know we could never get it to work in that particular facility but it started us off on the acrylobomb path and we got our first patent in 1999 on our process and it's gone gangbusters from there you talked about rolling I and mean, so what is it the talk through what happens once the mold is is formed for right. a hot tub okay then where do you guys come in into play and what does that look like if they're using acrylobond sure. versus what isn't often used instead of that got it so polyester resin is the uh, resin of choice for rigidizing a thermoformed sheet of acrylic because when the acrylic is it's it's actually kind of thin and it's not it's not super strong it needs something on the back of it to keep it absolutely rigid and hold humans (laughs) right yep yep okay uh they they i think they use a 0.275 inch thick sheet of acrylic 
I know they call it 0.275. And then, of course, it's double that with the ABS backing. But when you when you think about it, they, the hot tub, some of them are three, four, five feet deep. And so at the, very, at the foot well, it's really thin. You could poke your finger through that. So they need to rigidize it with something. So the traditional method is polyester resin with glass, right? Okay. Glass fibers in there. And the big, the big labor-intensive part of that is rolling the glass. Right? And then the polyester resin, of course, takes a long time to cure. So then we came up with a process where you could use urethane, and there's no rolling, and the process is much quicker. I've been in a lot of hot tub plants, and so anytime they're anytime they're using rollers, they're using the old the fiberglass. Yes. And if they're spraying, they're using a urethane. Well, they 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 do spray the polyester resin. Got it. Right. Okay. Okay. But, but with, so they, it's a similar proportioning system. Uh, not exactly the same, but they spray the polyester resin and they chop glass into it. Okay. Right? And okay. It's, it's, okay. It's Got it. Fiberglass. Got it. And so it kind of wants to stick up, and so they have to have rollers to tamp it down and to get good wetting. Okay. Right. Our urethane is also sprayed, and on ABS backed acrylic we don't put chop glass. On acrylic we do put chop glass, but ours is a really really short fiber and there's no rolling so, yeah. okay okay that makes sense now right so you know i'm trying to you know i'm trying to picture where everything falls in the process that i've watched in in hot tub plants well, you've seen the thermoformer right that's yeah where, that's where he, of then, course like that's that's the sexy part of making a hot tub right, right? is the thermoformer <laughs> well it's not real sexy when in the middle of texas in the summertime and you're standing uh, right next to the thermoformer sure. right uh, but then next i think they is the spraying area yeah. right mm-hmm. uh, and that's where they put on either our urethane or a polyester resin and then from there, our system in 15 minutes you can start you can start um, cutting the holes in there. But then on a polyester resin system, they have the the rolling out, or the rolling out with all the labor intensive stuff. And then of course after that, you've seen the rest of the making a spa. I mean, they got hundreds of different stations putting all types of different stuff. Right. In. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I mean, that's what that's interesting. So the acrylabond, I mean, it can make the process a lot faster than if it doesn't take it, it cures fairly quickly. It sounds like correct. There's a number of reasons why we developed acrylabond. Yeah. Um, number one, in our minds, was the environmental issue because we we're 100% solids. There's no VOCs. And polyester resin, there's styrene, which everybody knows is nasty. And so that was our number one reason of doing it. Okay. The second reason is the speed of the urethane. Ours is really, really fast, right? And we can control that. And the third reason is there's no rolling. I mean, that you take all of the labor out of the rollers, mm-hmm. and then you can use a robot to apply a polyurethane, whereas you can't or have – I don't know of anybody that's actually doing that with polyester resin. So there are a number of reasons why a urethane was developed. Now, the, the reason why nobody did it before us is because urethanes are traditionally more expensive than polyester resins. Okay. I was just going to say, so why haven't, we, why haven't we been doing this? <laughs> well, I mean, manufacturers, you know, they, they, when they look at their just how much it cost me to make a spa, so how much material is on it. This, is, this was the big barrier that we had. Right. Right, is how much does it cost material-wise for a spa. Mm-hmm. And when you looked at a urethane spa as opposed to a polyester resin spa, you know, they say, how much is a urethane? Well, let's say it's a dollar and polyester resin was 50 cents. They're like, I'm not going to pay twice as much for my backing material. Right. Right. And it took us a while as a company to come up with a value proposition to show, well, okay, let's take out all the labor of the rollers. Let's take away all the cleanup, all this other stuff. And when you look at it, even on acrylic, ours is about the same or a little bit cheaper than doing it the old way. But a lot of people, you know, if it's not broke, I don't want to fix it. But the biggest barrier was the was the pricing in the beginning because we didn't know how to sell 
we didn't know anything about the the spa market sure. at the time yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. We certainly do now. So yeah, when you're looking at apples to apples, it's like, oh, well, it, it costs double what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, well, why am I going to pay double for sure. you know, the same thing? Yeah, I, I think you know anything in the last few years, what we've learned is the cost of a person, right, <laughs> <laughs> is is the hardest thing to hardest thing to get, hardest thing to fill, hardest thing to maintain are are the people, and so one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, like you want to be obviously people they want to be providing jobs to their communities and all those things, but when you cannot find people, having a process where it takes fewer bodies to make it absolutely is, is probably an advantage. Yes, it's a big advantage, and the the throughput of making one out of polyurethane or acrylabond, as opposed to polyester resin, ours is so much faster. It's six to ten times faster, right? Just in curing, and that is a big deal when you're looking for throughput. And a lot of a lot of guys now, spa manufacturers, they have backlogs of orders from 2020, right? And this would be a perfect thing for them to do. Right. Yeah talking about backlogs obviously a lot of that is because of supply chain and not being able to get stuff and Very then crazy crazy orders so how does what you guys do fit into all of that i mean do you are you able to get enough to the manufacturers <laughs> to help them stay right. keep up <laughs> right well everybody had a hard time last year yeah you know and uh it it, it took a lot of thinking to understand what the real issues were. Now, for a lot of petrochemicals, there was a big freeze in Texas last February that, that shut everything down, put yes. everybody behind. Yeah. Uh, some people didn't feel it right then, you know, because we're, we're like one or two steps downstream from that. Mm -hmm. But some people, if they're buying a component, it takes a while for that shortage to get through the supply chain to them. Yeah. But so there were some struggles last year, although we grew and then come to find out that we were still having issues towards the, like, let's say, the last third of last year. And when you, you look at the economy and what happened, people were buying more, right? So more people were buying things. So whereas it really wasn't that the chemical companies hadn't fixed the problems because they had. Mm -hmm. It's just demand was so much more. That's why there was a shortage. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, that Texas freeze, it just is so fascinating to me. All oh, of the goodness, places, yeah. all of the places that it touched mm -hmm. that as a consumer, you would have just no idea. Right. Right. And even now people will be complaining about, oh, like, you know, I can't get this or I can't get that or this is so much more expensive. And it'll, and I'll be like, well, you know, that Texas freeze last year. And they look at me like I'm crazy. Right. And Not a lot like, of people know about yeah, it. Yeah. And it's like, no, really. They're like, how can that one storm it, like that can't be true that everything like it all comes from this one place and it's like no that's it's true <laughs> most all petrochemicals come from that gulf coast area yeah right? and a lot in texas and the freeze i looked at some pictures of a dow uh, chemical company facility and you could tell you were looking at a plant because you saw pipes and tanks and everything but ice covered everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could just see the icicles everywhere, and the and the and the ground was all covered in ice, and you can't you couldn't get you couldn't get tankers in and tankers out. Right. I mean, that's that was one of the first things that they needed to do, and they couldn't do it. Yeah. I so we had we had Bob Comfort on from Comfort Plastics on the podcast last year after that happened, and his and his company had to issue a force majeure because they they ha could not get stuff to make their plastic products right i mean it was just it was insane and so and so here you are on a completely different end of the industry and you also felt you know had shortages and had issues Absolutely. from that one one event right and like we talked about you know what we make just like a lot of people that make something like a spa you know you can have all the components except for one like we can have all the ingredients for a formula except for one thing and you can't make it mm -hmm. and with the shortage 
depending on how far down the stream that particular manufacturer was, we might not have gotten that for two months where we could have gotten everything two months ahead of that. Right. I imagine, though, on the fiberglass side that they were seeing some of the same issues, though, right? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> some, it depends on who you were talking to. Got some it. people say we had no problems <laughs> at all. You know, I've heard that from so many people. Sure. I think in our industry, from what I saw, we saw it sooner than the polyester resin guys. And I, I don't know why, but it all came around within within a couple of months. You know, sure. everybody felt the squeeze. But now that, fortunately, did you get a little nervous? I mean, I thought I was going to not get out on a flight last week because of a snowstorm. Did you get a little nervous that things were going to freeze up again? You know what? Some people were actually around here. They were kind of <laughs> nervous. And I, I'm, I'm an optimist, right? So I'm thinking that these billion-dollar companies that were shut down last year, in my mind, if I were one of those executives, I would make sure that it wasn't going to affect us that badly next time it happened. Right. You know it's going to happen again. Right. So I was hoping that they had done something to alleviate any type of issues. Maybe insulate some of those something, pipes or yeah, something. Something, yeah. Something, right? <laughs> Let the water start dripping, you know. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No, exactly. Our pipes froze during the, uh, the yep, Texas yep. freeze. See, there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a mistake on our end. Right. Um, but, you know, you talked about the, kind of the main reason why you guys developed Acrylabond was some of the environmental reasons and the yes. environmental impact of using the I keep calling it fiberglass. Is that what I should be calling it? <laughs> well, polyester resin. Most people polyester. call it fiberglass. Okay. Yeah, but it's, okay, okay. it's polyester resin with fiberglass in there. Got it. Top got glass, it. Yeah. Okay. Well, so how does the how does the acrylobond you know look as opposed to that? Got it. How yep. do- <laughs> <laughs> Our, ours ours is a hundred percent reactive. That means that all of all of our chemical reacts and nothing goes into the air. Nothing evolves. The the issue with polyester resin is they're styrene, and it is released into the air when you spray it, and that is a nasty character. Sure. Right? I mean, it's red label. It's uh, labeled a carcinogen in California. It's expected carcinogen across the U.S. Is styrene the same thing that they put in, like, EPS foam, like in hot tub covers? Yeah, that's expanded polystyrene. Okay. Right, yeah, so okay. They, they have a manufacturing process for that. Yeah, there's there's styrene in a lot of things. Right. But this is free styrene, mm-hmm. monomer that's going in the air, and people are breathing, right, which is not good. Uh, and that was one of the main one of the main reasons, like I said, that we developed the polyurethane. Well, I bring up the I bring up the comparison to the hot tub covers cuz I got in a little trouble this last year because we wrote about hot tub covers. Right. <laughs> and one of the points that we were kind of making is you see how styrofoam in some areas it's been banned. Um, right. Like they can't use it in food containers in New York anymore and there's some other places where you're starting to see these bans on that type of plastic. Right. And so it's kind of like, you know, logically, you sort of can imagine that this will trickle down to other things and other industries, especially like you said, when the styrene is is a carcinogen. Yeah. Like just over time, you would you would expect that to maybe start to see more regulations. You and would, you would think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the, but the spa industry and I don't know about every industry and in, across the globe for everything, but the spa industry has been a little slow. And picking up on that, I, I had a guy from one of our customers from South Africa came in, and I gave him a cup of coffee and a and a regular coffee cup, uh, like, EPS cup. Yep, and he said, I, "I don't want it, right?" Because he says styrene leaches out of the you know the EPS expanded polystyrene, and I'm sure that is the case. I don't know. I'm not a chemist, right? I'm a business major, <laughs> but I do know that polyester resin has a lot of free styrene yeah, that goes in there, right. and that's one of the reasons I why mean, we do. You have a lot thing. of chemists down there. I saw we them do, all. Yes. <laughs> They're the smart ones. They're the smart ones. You talk about you know spraying it 
in a plant and the free styrene and that being, I mean, really, I mean, when you walk into a hot tub manufacturer, I mean, they're wearing, you know, masks and respirators and covered head to toe in some cases. Some do, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> is that is that why they're i mean is they're just trying to trying to protect their people from yes styrene. yes and, and and you do have to wear a respirator with ours when you're mm-hmm. in a spray booth but once it reacts which ours i think reacts within seconds right 30 seconds or something like that then it's inert right i mean they're polyurethanes and everything it's in i mean they make internal body organs you know there's valves and stuff with polyurethane but for polyester resin you can smell the styrene outside of the booze, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the rules of thumb, and again, I'm not a chemist or regulator, but our EH and us lady says, if you can smell it, then you're overexposed, right? And and I know, I had a buddy of mine, we sold a distributor in Texas, and he he sold polyester resin. And I said, Billy, I said, I said, how do you get all these little customers, right? I mean, how do you find these people? And he jokes and he says, I drive down the highway and I roll my window down. And every time I smell styrene, I pull off. And he finds a customer. So that's funny. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's true though. Like it's very true. Some, some of these hot tub plants I've been in, they have very strong smells. <laughs> yeah, they do, and they, they have to. You know, the EPA and the local ordinances regulate what the, their emissions are and mm-hmm. whatnot, and, and most of them stay within that, right? But this is just a way to get away from that. Sure. The polyurethane is to get away from that, right? And uh, to run a, a, a quicker throughput. Did you know that Strong Spas has hot tubs in stock and available now? The company has overstock and recertified hot tubs that are ready to ship. Strong also has the industry's shortest lead times on made-to-order tubs. Strong Spas can put hot tubs in your showroom now, filling any holes where there should be floor models or holes in your product offering. You can still diversify your suppliers by adding Strong to your product mix. Strong Spas has expanded its production capacity and, as always, is made in the USA. To become an authorized dealer today, visit strongspas.com slash dealer. You know, you talked about cost being the, the main barrier for people switching at the beginning. Is the cost difference still about the same as far as... Well, when we when we finally got our act together, <laughs> right, and, and, okay. and realized what we we're really trying to sell, it wasn't just the urethane, it was the whole process, right, and the idea. Mm-hmm. And so when you take into account all the rollers and all the cleanup, and all the mess you have, and all the the burners. Some guys have burners to burn the styrene off. When you take all those costs into account, when you compare a spa made with ours, a spa made with polyester resin, we're about dead even right now, right? And then when you look at throughput, which is not a factor in that, then you're really saving money. But again, getting past the pound for pound thing, and a lot of people, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. Sure. You know, so uh, and and that's a big deal. But we've been in the industry for over 20 years selling our product. Right. I I can't tell you how many hundreds of thousands of spas have been made with Acrylobon. Right. So it's a proven deal. Mm -hmm. One of the other big things was sticking to acrylic. That was a big deal. Some people. Yeah. Some people. Most of the people that we're selling right now are on ABS backed acrylic which we've been sticking to for 20 years. Nobody else has been able to stick to acrylic, and we've been sticking to acrylic for a very long time now, but that value proposition was what I was talking about earlier, about all the rollers and trying to find out how it compares to polyester resin on yeah. a spa. And a fully sprayed spa out of Acrylabond compared to polyester resin on acrylic 
we're about side by side. And that was a big deal for us to try and understand and, and, and convey to the customers. Okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, and it's got to actually work. It's got to work, yeah. And nobody <laughs> believed that we could stick, right? Really? Because nobody else has been able to stick. I mean, yeah. all the big companies couldn't stick. And finally, we've we've had our we've had Aristec and Lucite. I, think, I, don't, I don't know who owns Lucite now, but they've done their independent testing and said, oh, my goodness, this stuff stuck, sticks. And we've been doing it for years, mm-hmm. right? And that was one of, another big barrier for just the acrylic guys because most guys are using straight acrylic sheets. Right. Yeah. If you're moving from one to the other, if you're moving to a bond, this maybe is is more technical than we want to get. But what I mean, what would it look like to switch over? I mean, what, what kind of things are you machines or what are you switching out to make this happen? <laughs> okay, uh, that's a very good question. There's only two things that you need to construct, and usually they already have one of the two. You need a heat booth. Okay. Right, because you have to. In, in our process, you have to preheat the shell. So once you thermoform it, then it has to be heated to a certain temperature. And I can't remember. I think it's got to be above 95 degrees or something okay. like that. Okay. Uh, and then it goes into a spray booth. Now, normally right. they have spray booths at these guys, exactly. right? So they don't have to yeah. construct that. Yeah, I don't think uh, I've seen it. I don't think to... I've seen one without a spray without, booth. You're right. Yep, yep. So, so ours has to have that too. Uh, and then the only other thing is uh, proportioning in it, right? So the machine that sprays the stuff. Okay. Which is really not a big deal, right? I mean... I can't tell you what they cost off the top of our head, but it's nominal. You know, right. these spy guys got plenty of money. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell them, yeah, too. <laughs> I'm tell, uh, yeah, you, they won't admit it, right? But I know how much I sell my product for, and I know how much they're selling that spa for. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, I yeah. have the same conversation with my customer. Right, right. I know you've got the money. <laughs> no, I mean, but it, yeah, I, I'm a manufacturer, so I understand the capital investments, right? But to, sure. to switch from polyesterizin to polyurethane, the capital investment is nominal. Okay. And compared to the cost savings of a throughput, put of a factor of 10 right i mean it's it's nothing right well and i think at this point considering all the issues that we've had in manufacturing over the last couple of years if a manufacturer isn't looking for ways to improve on their processes then they've kind of already lost absolutely i mean because it's just it's the world that we live in like if you are not trying to get this better and fix these problems and fix your supply chain and and do all of that stuff and pretty much everyone i talk to that is what they're spending their time on yep <laughs> well that and hiring those are the things they're spending their time on you you're 100 correct on both of those. yeah i mean that's if I just think that, you know, this is just another option for them to maybe become more more efficient. The green thing hasn't really caught on with spas, and it's caught on with a lot of things. You know, I want my product to be green. You know, when it does in the spa industry, you know, when the... The big box retailers, right, or even the the uh, the distributors and the retailers, when they start advertising, oh, X spas are green, Y spas aren't. At some point, people are going to say, "I want mine to be green," right? Right, which our our acrylic bond is polyester resin isn't yeah for so, sure well and, and we I don't want to be caught behind the ball well right? and like you said and like you said when it's yep. not i mean it is it's going to happen it's not if it's when yeah, yeah it's exactly it's going to happen um and again it could be it could be from the you know the customers saying this is what we want but also could be the government saying this is what you're going to do yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah you know they, they have all these different programs you know, got the leads program and whatever i, I don't know when it's going to hit the spa industry but it is now a lot of people are being proactive now we have a lot of accounts or prospects that want to switch and they're on acrylic mm-hmm. that are in the process of doing it that we've already run trials with but there'll be a point where this becomes something right and if they're not ready or ahead of the curve then 
they're going to be left behind. Right. Are, are you ready and ahead of the curve if all the hot tub manufacturers were suddenly like, hey, Forrest, guess what? Where we want to switch right now? <laughs> we, we, are, we, we have, you we talking about supply chain issues earlier. Yeah. And so uh, this year we've had to give our vendors projections for the entire year. First time yeah. we've ever done this, right? Yeah. And we actually do have people that we've already talked to that thought about switching over. And it's not a it's not a switching over in a month, right? It's a, it's a transition, mm-hmm. right? It can take three months. We put those guys into our list and I won't mention any names, but there's some really big ones, really, really big ones out there. And those are already in our projections. So Got we're it. good to go. Yeah. I, I do think that on supply problems that we've been having, and this is just me, I think that last year, and even up until the end of last year, people were increasing their inventories because they were still worried, right? right? And I think at the beginning of this year, I think people are realizing, well, okay, well, you know, we're okay, right? And also, Christmas has passed, right? So you got yes. shipping containers that are that are free now. The lines are going to be, I think, uh, more open, the shipping lines. I think that the, the docks are going to be less crowded. So I, I think that you're going to see even more loosening of the market first quarter. That's my prediction. I don't know. Right. You know, I mean, we've all been proved wrong. I've been proved wrong all last year. (laughs) I I tell you what, I don't give any promises on pricing or uh, availability unless I know it's confirmed with the supplier because your best guess doesn't mean anything after last year. Yeah. You know, my father's been in the business for, I guess he's 86 this year and, you know, he's really not involved with the company anymore, but he knows what's going on. Sure. And he said he'd never seen anything like this. Everybody I talked to has never seen anything like oh, last year. Oh, uh, exactly. Exactly the same. You know, you talk to people who've been in this industry for 40 years, and they're just like, this is unlike anything yeah. I've ever dealt with in my entire time in the industry. So, yeah, it's it's a whole new territory for us. Yep. You know, speaking of shipping containers, I have to say, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be in Long Beach, California. And I'm maybe like... Oh, lucky you. <laughs> I'm, but I'm like excited to see the port <laughs> oh wow yeah which sounds like which again is super nerdy nerdy me. right yeah, yeah okay. for sure but like i've been hearing about this and hearing about this like i, I mean we're staying right on the water like i want to see the ships <laughs> lined up i want to hopefully see they're it. not they're not uh, restricting your view all the ships oh, right yeah stuck no out there. but i know but i just i'm i'm that's like the thing that i'm most excited i about think it would be very interesting port. to see that yeah. i think so too so Okay, so you have to tell me about the robots okay because again as someone who's been in a lot of hot tub plants there's not robots really doing pretty much any of it. Like it's mostly human hands doing most of the work. Correct. So tell me about tell me about this robot because I got to see it, so that was kind of fun. Right. We we've been talking about robots for a long time. One, another one of the differences between polyester resin and urethane is you can spray urethane with a robot, and polyester resin can't. Not this process, and it's very easy to spray our stuff with robots. And we've been trying to figure out how we were going to do this with our customers. We had one customer, we had two, uh, one was doing hot tubs and one was doing uh, bathtubs. And the bathtub guy stopped using robots, but the spa guy is still using robots. And we said, well, we had customers wanting to do this, right? And so we decided we were going to sell robots just so we could sell more Acrylabond, right? So we're not in the business of making money off robots. You know, that's the robot <laughs> manufacturer. Um, but we want to add it as an added benefit to show people that yes you can spread you can make every spa exactly the same uh, well that's one of the benefits of having a robot of course mm-hmm. you reduce your labor cost which nobody wants to put anybody out of a job right but it's hard to find people like you said right yeah so, you're not putting someone out of a job when there's yeah, nobody to do the nobody's job. to do the job yeah or nobody qualified to do the job right. is, yeah. is one of the things we're running into now finding qualified people so that alleviates that aspect of it 
and it does make your process cleaner and 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 quicker and mm-hmm. it it looks nice but having having the spa sprayed the same way every time so nobody you know sometimes your sprayer if they're having a bad day or not paying attention in a second and they miss some maybe maybe a foot well you don't want that to be a potential crack or right. blister so having a robot fixes that and we we come out and we actually we, we were actually financing some of the robots that we're selling now oh, okay yeah uh, to make it easier for customers to do this we're also helping programs so i think we, i think on this next install we're programming two of the models and then making sure that they're, some of their people are being sent to classes on on the di- the whole wrapped up price, mm-hmm. so they know how to to program on site. Uh, we're trying to make it as easy as possible. Anything that can help make the process faster and more efficient, right? Um, right now is is great. Although it's not necessarily faster to use the robot, it just is more consistent, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Right. And then of course the Acrylabond cures faster. Yes, yeah, so so th- we're about ten times ten times or more faster than polyester resin in the process, so you get that much throughput mm-hmm. right on spas and bathtubs the robot he never calls in sick right never has a bad day <laughs> well i don't know so i feel like technology always goes wrong in some way <laughs> well you know it's, it's it's funny those robots are guaranteed to work for a certain amount of time for i don't sure. know how many years okay. and you know their maintenance programs where they come out and fix it but but normally right it's the same every day yeah. right yeah but you're right the some, robot yeah but i mean the robot cannot get covid correct Yes, yeah. COVID came to COVID. <laughs> doesn't need a mask. Doesn't need a mask. <laughs> don't, you don't have a social distance That's right. It. Yep, okay. yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Robots are a natural extension of, of polyurethane is what we're doing. I mean, the automotive industry has been doing it for, you know, who knows how long. So this is just a natural extension of that. And we're just trying to help make it easier for the spa guys to yeah. do it. So, again, this is a process that obviously like, I don't know a ton about. This is a part side of the industry that is still I'm learning a lot about relatively <laughs> new to me. Right. So is there anything that we haven't touched on that is kind of important for people in the hot tub industry to know about this? Oh, I'm sure there are about 15 things probably. that I'm forgetting to <laughs> probably. mention. Yeah, probably. Right? No, I think, you've, I think you've done a good job. We've done a good job of covering most of the things, mm-hmm. right? The environment environmental aspect of it the cost of it is actually cheaper or the same the speed you know it, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that benefit somebody going to a polyurethane mm-hmm. you know and, and the fact that we can stick to acrylic when nobody else can is a huge deal for people that just want to go straight acrylic okay and there are benefits to going straight acrylic or going to abs back to just depends on the manufacturer sure. yeah. okay so I, I guess my my last question about acrylobond then would be I mean, obviously, a lot of our listeners are going to be retailers, and sure. so they don't have a lot of control over what their manufacturer decides to do in their plant. Right. But what are some of the things that, when it comes to the sales floor, that being able to say our hot tubs have acrylobond, what's the selling proposition from a retailer as far as, hey, here's here's what makes our tubs different or special with this acrylobond? I think the biggest thing is the acrylobond being green. Mm-hmm. Right to say our product's green, I think that's a huge thing, and it just it's it's growing and growing. Right, it was, and I think it's going to get a lot bigger. Well, I right? mean, Ford is about to make an electric F one fifty. I mean, so if there's any more really worried about it, than right? that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I I I do think that. Um, I'm not sure that the spa retailers will see any of the efficiencies that we're talking about as mm-hmm. a, a spa manufacturer, right? But they can say that there's that this whoever they're buying from has got a green spa, yeah. right? And that and that's a big deal. Yeah. Well, and I think too, there's been such a movement in the hot tub industry toward 
you know, promoting wellness and talking about the the health benefits oh, of, yeah. of spas and all of those things. And this definitely ties into that whole message, right? Of, it does. Of wellness and, you know, being safe and healthy in your home. Like this kind of Absolutely. fits in perfectly with all of, all of that as well. You know, it's just like the, the whole movement. Mo- right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, you know, it can be a little hard to talk about, you know, the benefits and the wellness benefits of, of your product when people can be like, but is it like, well for the earth <laughs> right people you are know? more people yep yep it used to be uh and i hate to use the word but hippies that was my dad's generation right they're worried about it. i think everybody is conscious of what's going on in the world and everything mm-hmm. and and if you have two spas and one says it's a green spa environmentally friendly manufacturing and one doesn't then why, why wouldn't you not buy the spa that's well especially green. especially when you're not talking like you know, thousands and thousands of dollars Difference more. Is, yeah, right? the, yeah, it's like yeah, basically costs the same yep. amount of money. So Correct. why wouldn't you buy the one that's, exactly. that's maybe a little bit better it's, for the it's environment? It's a no-brainer. Okay. Well, so I didn't send these to you ahead of time to prepare, but are you ready for the Spa Retailer 5? Sure. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You got me nervous. I, I wasn't no, no, nervous no. about the entire I know, right? thing. <laughs> so this is where we just we ask everybody who comes on the podcast the the same five questions at the end of every interview. Okay. So um, they're supposed to be light lighthearted and fast, but we always end up talking forever about them. So we'll okay. see how we do. <laughs> so do you remember your very first sale on the hot tub side of the business who your customer was or what it was that you sold them or do you remember do you remember the very first hot tub sale that you got holy moly that's a hard question I, that's 20 years ago i can't remember <laughs> anything past five years ago like talked about it right? Everything between five five years and 20 years is all blurry <laughs> we, we've had customers I don't think we've actually lost a customer since we started this. There have been some customers that have gone by the wayside. There in 08, I think some spa manufacturers didn't fare very well. Oh, we can name a few back then. <laughs> yeah, but um, I can't remember actually our first. Who was our first? guy i mean we i have, mean that's that's fair it was it was a while ago it was and a while well, ago and a lot of times i'm asking this of retailers and they're like oh yeah i sold them a jet setter in 1985 <laughs> we, we actually had uh when i was talking earlier about the robots we had a guy that does sinks and bathtubs for rv manufacturing oh, okay. in texas okay. and they were one of our first guys they 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 were a very forward-thinking company about yeah. being green mm-hmm. and whatnot but I, I can't to be honest with you i can't tell you who's the first guy that's fine that's, that's fine i'm not gonna hold it i'm not yeah. gonna hold you're just gonna bug you now you're it is gonna bug me you're gonna lay awake at night thinking about yeah. <laughs> okay so what was your first real job was it was it here was this like your first w-2 paying job or did you does flip it have burgers to be a w-2 or something? because i've done everything <laughs> in this facility you mean, you I, mean I, there's cleaned some I cleaned toilets in our houston facility so there was some child labor yes, involved there was definitely child labor involved uh my, the, so it was cleaning toilets at ice tech and then when i turned 13 my parents made me get a semi-real job because when you're 13 years i was a big movie buff when okay. you're 13 year old you got to pay the adult fare right in movies so i had to get a job at baskin robbins <laughs> which they would hire 13 year olds way back in the day to, to scoop ice cream i mean that's that's probably it's good for all of us to have those yep. those first oh, jobs yeah. right that, yep i thought that was so tough <laughs> scooping ice cream but <laughs> little did i know uh, so so this is kind of a two-parter sure. so first i ask people what is maybe the biggest flop that they've ever had in their career idea that they thought was going to be great and then just crashed and burned and on the other side of that kind of what's the best idea or biggest biggest game changer and i've had it's run the gamut from products to marketing things they've tried. So, you know, this is kind of a hard one to throw at you, though. Nope, I know the answer to this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's, 
Yeah. That's the thing too. Either people know immediately, or they gotta really think yeah. about it. Yeah. No. I, well, I got a good one. I don't know. If this is the biggest one, but um, so in polyurethanes, we do pretty much everything in polyurethanes from one components to two components, coatings, adhesives, sealants, elastomers, foams. Uh, we bought a company about seven years ago up in Dalton, and they did hot cast elastomers, which are more of a higher performance urethane for okay. uh, skate wheels and for roller coaster wheels. Okay. And we thought we were just a cat's meow when we bought that company and integrated it in and we, we didn't know what we were doing with hot cast and it was a colossal flop. <laughs> so so we, 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 we got out of that little industry. Uh, we still have the plant and we do other things there. We do uh, cold cast elastomers and adhesives and all that other stuff there. I feel like but, you just you just keep saying words and I'm like, uh-huh, I know what that means. Sure, yeah, cold yeah, cast, hot cast. Well, yeah, high performance, you, you know, you know <laughs> roller skate wheels and wheels on roller coasters. Sure. Right? So those are those tend to be a higher performance urethane okay. than even a Acrylabond or just an adhesive for your shoe okay yeah so and those take a different type of cell right you okay. gotta you gotta know that industry sure it's like you don't know anybody if you want to sell a spot industry you gotta know a little bit about it right well we didn't know anything about the that industry about roller coasters we didn't know <laughs> roller coaster wheels yeah or roller skate wheels uh, we thought we knew but we didn't yeah that was a colossal flop all right well i mean that that is a good one <laughs> yep. yeah colossal flop on our opinion I, i'm willing willing to admit it <laughs> <laughs> so so what about on the on the flip side what's one that you're like oh that was even better than we had imagined uh, Krillbon was a great one, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we sell a lot of stuff. Krillbon's only a small thing of what we sell. We sell a lot of adhesives and a lot of coatings to a lot of different industries. But Krillbon was one that, like I said, we, we knew Crane Plumbing in Dallas, Texas. And we usually have really good relationships with our customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, my father and the guy that ran that plant, Mark Nagley, uh, were good friends. And I knew Mark really well. And that's when they ask us, and I, another guy named Bill Peck, who's still in the industry making uh, uh, bathtubs, he was the one that told us to, to come up with this idea, and we we didn't stop, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we kept going and kept going and kept going, and, and finally made it work. How how long do you think you worked on it before you finally had... Oh, man, had- I'm telling you, you know, you forget how hard you worked. We got a patent in 1999... So I would imagine in the mid-90s or early 90s, we started the process. Right? So it was years. Of oh, work. yeah, it was years. And in, in, in our industry, like I showed you before, you know, you go to the lab and the lab's got an idea or sales got an idea. Then the lab comes up with a formula. Mm-hmm. Then you go out into the spray lab and you spray it. And we have uh, hundreds and hundreds of formulas that we had to spray to figure out what we were doing, right? And then we launched it. And, of course, we've gone through a couple of iterations now in our formula mm-hmm. to the uh, to DRNHD or the, or the last iterations of our Colobon formula. So we went through probably thousands of hours of, of R&D and spray time to get where we're at. You know, so we wrote an article a while ago about one of your customers that uses Acrylabond at the Clearwater's new swim spas, or they they were new at the time. Right. And I remember getting that story back and reading it, and I was like, this doesn't make sense. What are they talking about? I was like, this can't be, this can't be right. Like, I was like, I just, like, something about this is off. And there were some things that were off, but I was like, because we'd never written about this before. Sure. It was just such a foreign idea. And I was like, what is this? Right. Yep. <laughs> and so it's kind of fun now to have, like go full circle and be sitting in front of you and be like, okay, I get it now. now yeah. I finally understand. <laughs> it's, it's clicking. Things yeah, are clicking. You know, it's only a couple of years after the story actually ran where I'm like, oh, I get it. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you already told me you're a big movie buff, but this is, so the last. Last question we ask people is, 
Do you have a favorite book or podcast or TV show, or in your case, maybe a movie? What's something that you seem to, uh, what have you been using to entertain yourself these days? Or, <laughs> or I guess just in general. A favorite movie, Count of Monte Cristo. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. yep. Or at least in the top five. Got it. Got it. Like uh, the one, who who's in that? Was that? I don't know what his name is. There's a couple of actors that are still pretty big. Okay. But it was just, of course, it's an amazing story. It's an amazing book. Right. But it was a great yeah. movie. Okay. Uh, I loved the entire thing. I've watched it, I don't know how many times. But I work out every day, play tennis. Yeah. Spare time. That's about it. Okay. And work. <laughs> Too much work. I need to take more vacations. I know. I think that's everybody these days, right? Like, through the pandemic, you have people who talked about, like, all the Netflix that, that they binged. But then I think if you're in manufacturing, it, it was you just... You don't get a break. No. It was it was just a 24-hour cycle of, of rinse and repeat. We, were, we're at, we sell to... Not directly to the defense department, we sell into that industry, and so we were essential, so we stayed open the whole time. Sure. I didn't get a chance to binge anything. <laughs> and I don't know, I mean, the, the, my, the way my brain works, you know, it, would be, it sounds great, but after two days, I would be colossally bored. I think for most of us, yeah. you know, a couple day break like that yeah, is about you, all we can take. When you're, when you're take. a mover and a shaker, so to speak, right, then it's it's a little hard to stay at home and yeah. not have anything to do. Yeah. Well, Forrest, that was that was the Spa Retailer 5. You did great on those. You did, oh, thank you I very mean, much. I mean, you even answered the hard ones. So now you're just going to have to lay awake at night and think about what your first, who your first spa customer was. <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah. I'm going to find that out today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for doing this and letting me come by and, and talk to you Thank person. you for coming and out. We appreciate this was, it. Yeah, this was, yeah, this was really fun. And I... Yeah, I appreciate the the chance to to do this and learn some more about the hot tub industry, the things that I don't know very much about yet. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. The Spa Retailer Podcast is a production of Spa Retailer Magazine. Let us know what you think by leaving a review or emailing us at podcast at spa retailer.com. Thanks for listening.